We're going to take off here. I'm super, super excited about what God is doing in the life of this series, this new series on prayer. Pastor Jay knocked it out the park last week, man, as we went through the Lord's Prayer. And uh, and he kind of broke it down in a really unique way that encouraged me and inspired me, but then gave me some application. And I'm sure that you felt the same. I love that acronym that he gave us, the acronym ACTS, uh, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. And I know in times of my life and seasons where my prayer life was struggling, where I didn't know what to pray, how to pray, uh, that acronym was super, super healthy and helpful and beneficial. And so I hope you're able to use it this week. And so we're going to continue into our series today, week two, and we're going to look at another prayer that is in the Bible. Pastor Jay talked about the Lord's Prayer. And then today um, we're going to look at another model prayer. And I started thinking about what if we just went through all the prayers in the Bible uh, recorded in scripture over the next few weeks, that would be awesome. And uh, and it would be. However, most uh, Bible scholars have found at least 650 prayers recorded in scripture. And so um, I think we'll skip a few. But, uh, but I'm going to be in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, and we're going to look at a prayer from the man, from a man named Jabez. Jabez. And maybe you've heard of Jabez. Maybe you haven't. Let me tell you something. Uh, if you haven't, that's okay. You're going to hear about him today. If you have, I would almost guarantee you, uh, with everything that I have almost, that the only reason you've heard of Jabez is because of the prayer of Jabez. That is what Jabez is known for. And as I think about people in the Bible, like if my name was written in the Bible, I'd be like, yeah, baby, I'm a hero. And we have all types of heroes throughout the Bible that that God talks about in his word. And as I think about Jabez, listen, he wasn't a hero because he walked on water. He wasn't a hero because he built some big boat called an ark. He wasn't a hero because he was planting churches everywhere. He wasn't a hero because he prophesied about Jesus coming. He wasn't hero because he was walking around performing miracles and and healing people. He was a hero because of his prayer. And that goes without saying, this is why it's so important for us to spend time and to study God's word on what prayer looks like. How do we pray? How can it get better? What should I pray? And to learn how to increase and improve the quality and the quantity of our prayer life. And so that is what we are doing through this series. And so Jabez, This man is literally known for a prayer. I don't know about you. That's what I want to be known for. I would love to be known for a praying man, a praying pastor, a praying leader, a praying dad, a praying husband, a praising, a praying follower of Christ. Like where people know me as someone who is constantly in conversation with my heavenly father. And not only do I want that for my life, my desire, my prayer, my heart is to have that as a part of your life and as a part of our church that we would be known. Seven Cities Church. Man, that's a praying church, bro. You need prayer, hit them up. You need prayer, call them. You need prayer, find somebody in that church. They will pray the house down. They will pray you up. They will pray you down. They will pray you all around like a praying church. Like this is who we want to be. How's your prayer life? How is your prayer life? And so we're going to jump in. First Chronicles chapter four is two verses we're going to look at today. And then I have one kind of supplemental, if you will, uh, passage of scripture that I have to kind of support one of my points, but, but it's, it's super short or super sweet. I should not say short. It never is short, right? Not when you're up there, Brian, we like Pastor Jay better, whatever. All right, here we go. Second Chronicles chapter four, verses nine and 10. It says, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. 
His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. And all the mamas said, amen. <laughs> he was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And so there's two things that I want to set up before we dive in to the things that he prayed. He prayed for four specific things. If you weren't able to pick those up, we're going to go through those and tell you uh, why you should pray for those four things as well. But, but there's two things that I want to set up. The first one is in the beginning of verse nine. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. Now, whenever I see someone described in such a way that stands out, not just honorable, but kind of this, this characteristic or this attribute of someone who's mentioned in scripture, I want to know why. Why was he more honorable? Why was he more righteous? Why was he, whatever it may be. And I'm looking at him like, why was Jabez considered more honorable? And so I began to look at the context of First Chronicles written by Ezra. And I'm looking and the first 10 chapters is nothing but a family tree. Like it's literally this lineage. It starts at the very beginning with Adam and it goes on. Adam was son of blah, blah, blah. And Johnny was Leroy's son and Leroy was Billy's son. And like this whole shebang of just people after people after people. Like this is the part where if you're trying to read the Bible in a year and you get to your Bible plan that you start skipping days, right? Like don't do that. But this is where people quit. I ain't reading all these people. But if you didn't, if you missed it, if you skipped over that, you would miss this prayer because it's nestled right into the middle of all this lineage. And so I'm like, okay, I don't really see anything about Jabez. As a matter of fact, his name is only mentioned one other time, which is I think in chapter two of this book, and it's literally just his name. We know nothing more about Jabez. And so I'm looking for context. I'm looking for, for I don't wanna say clues, but like I'm looking for passages that are gonna tell me why is he considered more honorable? And I don't wanna try to read into this. I just wanna look at it at face value. And what I believe is that Jabez was considered more honorable than his brothers because of his heart towards God and his prayer life. His prayer life, the way that he was about to pray, the way that I'm assuming he did pray because God honored him and or said that he was, was honorable than his brothers was because of the way that he prayed. And as I was thinking about that, I was asking myself, and I want to ask you, would God consider you honorable because of your prayer life? Like, would God consider you honorable because of your prayer? Let me reverse the question or at least flip it, ask it from somewhat of a, of a different angle. Do you honor God with your prayer life? Do you honor God with your prayer life? And some of you maybe are like, absolutely I do. Like, I'm a prayer warrior, bro. I pray sun up, sun down all the time. People call me all the time asking for prayer. I want to be like you. Like, you are awesome and amazing. And there is so much that I can learn in that. But then there's others of you where you're kind of like me. You're like, man, there's certain seasons of my life where, yeah, I believe my prayer life would honor God. And then there's other seasons of my life where it's a far stretch. I'm not so sure. And then there's a third category where you're just like, nah, there's nothing about my prayer life that is honoring to God. The last time I prayed was the last time that I ate, right? Like Pastor Jay said. So man, let's, let's be known. Let's learn. Let's study. Let's dive in. Let's ask for God's help. How can we live a life and have a prayer life that is honorable to you? That's what I want. And that's what I want for you. And I hope that you want it for yourself. And so that's the first thing. The second thing that I want to set up here, and this is just kind of a little bit of context to help us uh, at least understand a little bit more about this prayer. It says, 
that his mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. Now, I don't know what Jabez did at, at delivery, and I've never delivered a child. I'm, uh, I know it's painful, but evidently, Jabez did a little something extra because Jabez in Hebrew actually means pain and sorrow. And so whatever he did, his mama's like, you ain't never going to forget it. And I ain't never going to forget it. I'm going to call you and name you Jabez. And it means pain and it means sorrow. And so I can only imagine that this dude, Jabez, is living his life. Like he has this banner over his head, this label. Like his identity is pain and sorrow. Imagine when something bad happens in your life. Yep, that's my name. Bring it on. This is what's going to happen. Imagine the relationships. Yep. Hey, I would love to be in a relationship with you. I just want you to know my name's pain. I'm probably going to cause you some pain. Like, like I can, you know, his whole life, his whole perspective was probably viewed through that lens. And here he is, and he's praying this prayer that we get to model. And so, so he's more honorable because I believe it's his prayer life. And then his name literally means pain and sorrow. And that's going to come back around at the end, and it'll all make sense as to why I took the time to tell you that. All right? So four things that he prayed for, and I want to go through all four of them. Before we do that, let me just give you a, a little warning label, all right? Last weekend, I went down to Honky Tonk, USA, North Carolina, where my people are from, in my neck of the woods. I preached a three-day revival down there, and I am still filled up with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Somebody say amen. And so, uh, as we're talking about prayer, as I was going over this and preparing this, like I was literally like doing it as I was doing it, uh, as I was rehearsing, not rehearsing, but, but studying my message. And um, I just want to give you a warning. There's a good possibility that as I'm teaching this, I'm going to just break out in prayer. All right. I'm going to just start praying right at, right there. And so I don't want you to think it's weird. I want to be like, what happened to him? Like, it's crazy. Like, like, listen, I want us to learn about prayer and talk about prayer while we're praying. Okay. And so there's a chance that that may happen. If so, don't turn it off. Don't tune out. Pray with me. Pray with us. Let's pray together. We are united together constantly in prayer as the series uh, subtitle, if you will, or tagline is. Although we're not in the same place in space, we can come together united in prayer. All right. And so four things that I see that he prayed for that we are going to look at. All right. And they're all in verse 10. It says, uh, the first one is, is blessing. He prayed for blessing. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would bless me. And some of you, you hear that and you're like, nah, I'm not sure I can pray for God to bless me. That, that seems a little bit off. Like I'll pray for God to bless others, pray for God to bless, you know, whatever. But, but to ask God to like bless me, like it seems a bit selfish. It seems a bit uh, uh, self-centered. Like I, I'm not too sure about that. And then there's another group of you where you're like, yeah, God, bless me. Like, bless, I'll take all the blessings you got. Bless everything. Bless my house. Bless my wife. Bless my husband. Bless my dog. Bless my Ford truck that's on its last leg. Bless my football team that's one in four. Whatever, you know who you are. Bless that. Like, bless everything. Like, I want the blessings. And it's, so we got like two totally different categories. Let me just tell you, no matter where you are, you can pray for the blessings of God. And I'm going to tell you why you can do that. As I think about Jabez, who's asking God to bless him, he, he literally is asking for the blessings. But another thing that he's doing is he's, is he's, he's crying out to God. 
Like he's literally lifting up his voice. And as I think about this acronym that Pastor Jay gave us last week, it's, it's adoration. Like he's, he's calling out to the one true God who he knows is able to bless him. And so he is, he is, he is acknowledging and, and, and this aspect of adoration to say, God, I want you to bless me because I know that you can. I know that anything that is good comes from you. I know that I will praise you because all blessings flow from you. And so he's almost acknowledging God like, like God, I want you to bless me. And I know that you are able to do that because you are a good, good father. And so he's almost like putting this time out, if you will, or this deeper meaning where he's like, look, it's not necessarily about the blessing that I'm going to get. It's more so about the, the perspective that I know about the one who can bless me. And so he has this, this, this mindset of who God is, and he's right. And he knows that God is the one who can bless him. And so he's crying out to him. And when you begin to look at God for who he is, not for what he can give you, it will change your perspective. And so God, he wants to bless you. And so Jabez is, is crying out for this blessing. And as I think about this blessing, it, it's actually a blessing because it's, some of you are thinking, well, I still just don't know if that's right. Like, how can I ask God to bless me? Like, why would I? That's so selfish. But this, this, this blessing that he's asking for, at least in part, maybe not in its totality, is actually something that God has already promised. And it comes from Genesis 22 and the promises to Abraham and his descendants that he would make them as numerous as the stars in the sky. And so, so at least in part, again, Jabez is asking for what God has already willed. And so when we come before God and we ask for a blessing that is in line with God's will, then we receive it. And so often I think there's a stigma about it because people have asked for God's blessings, not because they want to give it back to him, not because they want to use it for him, but because they want to use it for themselves. And as I think about the things in our life that God has orchestrated and designed and willed for our life, those are the things we need to be asking for God to bless and you have permission to do so. Like, God, I, my marriage is struggling. And, and I need your help. We've been divided. We've been, we've been off and, and we've been fighting and arguing and, and our marriage hasn't been God-centered. And God, I need you to bless my marriage. Why? Because God's word says what, two, what I put together, let no man separate. And, it, and it's ordained by God. God, I need you to help me with my kids. Like they're running off here and they're running off there and I can't parent them well. I'm struggling. God, will you bless my kids? Will you bless my parenting? Because I understand, God, that those kids are your kids before they were mine and you've entrusted me. And so, God, I'm asking you to bless them. I'm asking you to bless my parenting skills. God, I'm asking you to bless my finances. God, I want to be able to receive more of a financial blessing so that I can give more, so that I can have more of a generous heart, so that I can share more of your love and, and, and who you are by giving so I can sow my seeds into local churches and to organizations and, and, and I, can, I can sow things that, that are going to reap a harvest far greater than anything. God, will you bless my finances? Like I could go on and on, but when we begin to ask God for blessings that we know we are going to give back to him, it changes everything. And here's the problem. James talks about this. James talks about it in, in, uh, in, in chapter four, verse two and three. He says, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. 
You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. And so there's two there's two uh, contingencies, if you will, or two um, requirements to receive God's blessing, according to James. And the first one is you got to ask for it. Ask not or receive not because you ask not. Like ask for God's blessing. That's the first one. But you got to have the second one too. And it's the attitude, the motive, and the posture of your heart. And so often we want to ask for God's blessing and our motives are wrong. Our heart is wrong. And so because we've had a situation like that or an experience like that or we've seen someone abuse that or ask for that with the wrong heart and wrong motives, sometimes it feels weird for us to ask for God's blessing. And Jabez is saying, God, bless me and bless me indeed because I know that I'm going to give it back to you. I know that my heart is right. I know that my attitude is right. I know that my posture is right. And so God, bless me. Bless me. God, I pray that you would bless us. God, I pray that you would give us the things that we need in order to make you more known, in order to glorify you, in order to give things back to you. God, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whether it's whatever it may be, God, whether we parent better, whether we lead better, God, whether our marriages are restored, whatever it is, God, we pray that you would bless us so that we can give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. God, help our hearts, help our postures, help our motives, help us to want to give back to what to you what you've given us. God bless us and bless us indeed. And so we ask for blessing. He asked for blessing. And then he goes on to ask for expansion. Expansion. And so he says, oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Expand my territory. This is kind of a I would say threefold, uh, at least twofold at, at, at face value, but I see some principle in here that we could apply to make it threefold to our life, and I'll explain that. The first one, this expansion of territory is literally, like it is literally physical territory. He is asking God for literal physical ground. It was, it was common. We see this in several, uh, several places in scripture to where God was sending people to a land. He had promised them a land. He had given them a land. And as these people were about to take it, they realized that it is inhabited with other people. And so they would either go in and only take a portion of it, or they would get scared and they would turn away. And whatever it is, they, they wouldn't take the whole land. And so, so James is saying, expand my territory. Give me more land. Push these people out or whatever you need to do. Expand it. But I also think that not only was he asking for, for physical ground, he was asking for an expansion of his territory from a relational and spiritual sense. And so he said, God, give me more people, expand my territory for more people to lead, for more people to invest in, for more people to mentor, for more people to, to pour into, for more people to become disciples. Like, like expand my territory. And as I, th- as I think about our lives, like, I think that there are maybe some of us who really are wanting and desiring and needing an expansion of territory. Like I can think of two families in our church right now, and I won't tell you their names because I didn't ask uh, for permission, 
But one of them in particular, is a, they're both friends of mine, but, but, but this friend of mine, we're, we're talking and he's feeling like God is calling him to adopt and to expand his family, but he realizes that the house that he in is in is restricting that. And so he's asking God, God, expand my territory. If your will is for me to adopt a kid, I'm asking you for an expansion of territory. I need a bigger house. I need a bigger property or whatever it is. And guess what? God granted him that request. God blessed him with the bigger house. And now he's got to follow his end of the deal and he's got to adopt more kids. And so maybe you're there. Maybe you're like, I need, I need more physical territory. Or maybe you're not. If you're not, guess what? I can guarantee you, you can fall under this category. I ask you, God, to expand my territory. God, the, the, the land that I walk on every single day in my neighborhood, the land that I walk on every single day I take my kids to school, the land that I walk on every day at my job, the land that I walk on every week when my kids are playing on that field, the land that I walk on at the grocery store, not an expansion physically, but expansion of opportunities on that land to guide more people to life in Christ. God, I'm asking you to expand my territory, expand my opportunities. Let me see people the way that you see people. Let me have relationships and conversations like you would have. I want to have an expansion of my territory so that I can reach and lead and disciple more people. Like this should be the cry of our heart. God, I pray. I pray that you would expand our territory. God, help us. If we need, if we need real ground, God help us, help us have that. Bless us with an expansion of physical ground, physical territory. God, I thank you for what you're doing in the life of our church. The fact that you're expanding it. We have a, we have a studio in one city and a, and a Sunday morning place in another city. God, expand our church into different places all throughout the seven cities. God, I pray that you would expand the territory in a personal level with the people that we see and encounter in our individual lives. God, I pray for each of us. God, I pray that you would help us to come across people that we can have a conversation with, that we can lead people to Christ, that we can disciple and mentor and invest. God, I pray for those opportunities. God, I pray for those, those ex that expansion of territory for us as a church. God, help us to reach more people and to guide more people to you and to help people know and feel your love. God, expand our territory in Jesus' name. And so there's an expansion physically, and then there's expansion personally. And then the third aspect, I believe, and, and, and again, I, I want to I look at things at face value. And so I'm not going to say that this is exactly what Jabez was, was going through. But there is a principle here that I think we can apply to our lives. As I look at Jabez, okay, there's no, there's no husband, I mean, there's no dad this mentioned. And then this mom has literally labeled him pain and sorrow. Like, I can only imagine he felt like the enemy had maybe taken something from him as he was gotten older. And as I think about our lives, this expansion of territory, it's time for us, for whatever reason, we have allowed the enemy to take territory in our lives. We have, uh, you know, allowed the enemy to take certain things from our life. And it's time for us to expand that, to get that back. And some of you right now, you need to declare, I'm about to take my marriage back. I'm about to get my kids back from this world that's all jacked up. I'm about to get my finances back from where I've been a bad steward. I'm about to get a relationship with that family member that I've allowed to divide us because of this disunity and disagreement that we've had over the last six months. I'm about to get that back. I'm going to expand my territory and I'm going to take back what belongs to me because my God is greater than the thing that's been stolen from me. 
And so we, we need to expand our territory. God, will you bless us? We expand our territory. Will you remind us that the enemy has been defeated and that we have victory in you, that we don't have to to, to have this wishful thinking that we can get back what you've given us because we know we have a confident hope and we have a, a, a victorious king. And so God, I pray that you help us to take back what's been taken from us and to know that every good gift comes from you, every blessing comes from you, and that the enemy comes to try to steal, kill, and destroy, but you come to give life and give it abundantly. God, I pray that you would expand our territory. So he prays for blessing, and then he prays for an expansion of territory, an expansion of territory. The third thing is that he prays for is this. Please be with me in all that I do. So he says, I pray that you would bless me and that you would expand my territory, but I pray that you would be with me in all that I do. So he prays for blessing, he prays for expansion, and now he's praying for presence. He's praying for God's presence. God, I need you to be with me in all that you do. Write this down if you're taking notes, all right? This is a little math math formula here. I had a, a 76 in my math class, but I'm just kidding. Write this down, all right? You ready? Blessing. Plus expansion minus presence equals disaster. Blessing plus expansion minus presence equals disaster. You can't handle blessing and expansion without the presence of God. Why? Because you're going to use it for self. You're going to use it for your own selfish motives. You're going to use it for what you can benefit and get out of it. And you're not going to use it for what God wants you to. Why? Because you don't have the presence of God helping you. And Jabez is saying, God, I want you to bless me. I want you to expand my territory, but I need your presence. I want you to go everywhere I go. I don't want to go anywhere that you're not. I only want you because I know what I'm going to do without your presence. And we've got to ask for God's presence to lead us and to guide us and to mold us and to shape us and to help us use the expansion and use the blessing that he's given us in a way that's going to be God honoring. And I can tell you, you'll never do it without his presence. We can't. Our flesh is too strong. Our pride, our arrogance, our weakness, like it's too strong. Without the presence of God overcoming that and leading you and feeling your life, that's why it's so important for us to live a spirit-filled life and pray spirit-filled prayers so that the presence of God would be so thick and tangible on our life that everything we receive, we can pray for blessing because I know that God's hand is on my life and it's gonna lead me to use it in a way that's gonna honor Him. I can pray for an expansion because I know the presence of God is so tangible in my life that the expansion that I'm gonna get, I'm just gonna use it and give it back to God and He's gonna multiply it even tenfold. And so, so the presence of God, like when is the last time? When is the last time you prayed for the presence of God in your life? Like, God, I want your presence. I need to feel you. I need to experience you. I need to know that you are with me. When is the last time you prayed for that? Like maybe you have, maybe you haven't. I don't know, but I want to make that a daily part of my prayer life to where every day I'm asking for God's presence. I need you, God. I want you to lead me. I need to know you're here. God, I need your presence in my life.
as I think about a story in my life of, of blessing and expansion without God's presence versus blessing and expansion with God's presence, I think about my finances, all right? And before you even start, th- I'm not going prosperity here, all right? Don't go there. But I was thinking about my life, so I jumped off to an early start, okay? I was 21 years old. Uh, my wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, was pregnant. We got married soon after, and we're both nurses. And so here we are, 22 years old. Um, she is, I won't tell you, but older than me. And uh, don't tell her, I told you that. But here we are, we're, we're young. I mean, we're 22, immature, have no idea what life is all about. Both nurses, steady income. Uh, a year later, we decided that uh, we liked that whole kid thing and uh, how to make those. And so we made another one. And uh, here we are now, 23 years old, with two kids, house, nursing jobs, and, 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 and pretty well off financially for that, for that age range, if you will. But I look back, I'm like, I was broke. Like, how was I broke? Like, I look at all this. I look back at my salary back then. I'm like, how in the world were we broke, babe? Like, we had no idea what we were doing. It's because we were immature. We had no idea what we were doing with money. And everything that went in went right back out. We had never heard of a budget. Like, it was just going out. And then God had this great idea to pull me away from nursing and send me into ministry. Because he knew that if I got out of nursing and went into ministry, I could make a whole lot more money. Just kidding. And so... So I go off into ministry as a volunteer, quit nursing, and now we went from broke to broker-er, like we broke broke, right? And I remember praying for God, like, God, I'm trying to do what you asked me to do, but, but I, ain't, I ain't digging these finances. And I became this control freak over my finances. I became just a bad steward. And I'm like, okay, God, here I am. I'm going to go into ministry, but it's obvious that you don't care about my finances, so I'm going to take care of them. And I remember praying, like, God, help us. We need more money. I can't pay the, like, I'm calling the power company every month. I'm calling the water company every month. I'm parking my car in the back of the house so they don't come get it. Like, and I'm like, God, are you ever going to give me more money? I'm trying to be faithful. And what happened was I was praying for a blessing and praying for expansion, but I wasn't allowing God's presence in that area of my life. And for several years, we were broke. I'm telling you, we never missed a meal. My lights never got turned off. My water never got turned off because God is faithful. But what he was doing was teaching me to don't ask for blessing and don't ask for expansion for something you don't want me to be a part of. And maybe that's where you are. Again, this isn't prosperity. Like, God, I need a million dollars and I want your presence. And tomorrow you're going to be a millionaire. If that does happen, don't forget I told you about this message, right? Call me up. (laughs) I'm still recovering from years ago. But, 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 But maybe that's it. Like maybe you're praying for blessing, you're praying for expansion, but yet it's an area of your life that you're controlling. You're like, no, 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 God, you can have this, but you can't have that. You can have this, but you can't have that. And maybe God's saying, listen, I want you to pray for my presence. I want you to desire my presence because I can come into that situation and I can change everything. And it wasn't until I acknowledged that, until I surrendered that. So, okay, God, it's obvious that you had a plan for my life to go into ministry. I'm trying to be faithful and obedient. And so I know that if you know those details, you know the details of my finances. So here you go. I surrender. And I want your presence over my finances. I want your presence over my stewardship. I want your presence over my generosity. I want your presence over every aspect of this. And I, I didn't turn into a millionaire overnight either, but I can tell you what, 
I've never been without. And God has provided everything that I've needed from this, from that day forward and even before. Like, like blessing and an expansion without God's presence is a setup for a disaster. But it is a totally different aspect of life when God's presence is in it. And so let's pray for God's presence. Let's ask him to be present in every aspect of our life. Because when I pray for, when I pray for blessing and I pray for expansion, knowing that God's presence is, is in my life, I'm ready to go. I don't feel bad for asking for that. I don't feel selfish asking for that because I know God's hand is all on it and he's going to use it to glorify him. And I know that sounds kind of weird because it's like, well, Brian, that's pride, right? Well, who better than God himself to want his own glory, right? Like if I did that, that would be wrong. That would be prideful. And my wife would be like, you ain't who you think you are. Get it together, right? But God is like, I want the glory because he deserves it. And so his presence, when it's present, when his presence is present, haha, when it's tangible, when it's evident, God, I want your blessing. I want your expansion because I know you're leading my life. God, I pray right now that your presence would be so thick on our lives that, God, we would experience you in a way that we've never experienced you before, that we would feel you in a way that we've never felt you before, that we would go through our work days, that we would go through our regular days, that we would go through our weekends, that we would go through parenting, that we would go through trials, that we would go through every aspect of our life with your presence surrounding us. God, that's my prayer for our church, that we don't walk through any door that you haven't opened, that we don't walk through any door that you've already closed, God, I pray that your presence leads us and guides us because we know that if you aren't present in the life of our church, we're just people who are powerless. And God, we don't want to be a powerless church. We want to be a spirit-filled church that is filled and overflowing with your presence. And so God, I pray the people that are listening right now, they are your church and they make up Seven Cities Church. And so God, I pray you would fill our hearts with your presence and our lives and every aspect of it. Our, your presence would be so thick in our lives in Jesus' name. And so he prays for blessing. He prays for expansion. He prays for God's presence. And then last but not least, look at this. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. Keep me from all trouble and pain. And so he prays for protection. God, I want your protection. And as I think about my life, and you could probably think about yours, there are times when I prayed for God to keep me from, from pain and trouble, and he didn't. <laughs> like, well, God, what happened there? Like, there was a purpose for it. But it's okay to pray for it. And it's okay to believe boldly and faithfully that God will protect you. And I would almost, uh, I don't want to say bet, but if I was a betting man, I would almost bet that many of you have prayed this prayer more than you ever have in your life the last year and a half. God, protect me. Look at all the messes going on. Look at this and look at that and protect me from this. Protect me from that. Protect me from having to do this. Protect me from those, you know, like on and on and on. God, protect me. And I pray that as you're praying for that protection, your motive is right. And I pray that God answers that. But I believe that this is a little bit deeper for Jabez. I believe that he's not just praying, which he is praying for physical protection. God, help me physically to protect me from pain and troubles. But I believe that Jabez is acknowledging something far greater and deeper than just a physical protection. 
Jabez is literally asking God to protect him from what his name means, from what his life has been about, from the label that he has carried. My name means pain. My name means sorrow. And God, I want you to protect me from that. Because you know what I could do? If I'm Jabez, I could fix my eyes on this banner over my life. I could fix my eyes on this label, this identity that's been given to me. And I can look at every aspect of my life through the lens of pain and through the lens of suffering and through the lens of sorrow. But instead, I'm going to give it to God and I'm going to say, protect me from that because that's not who I am. You tell me who I am. You've created me for who I am. And I'm going to give it to you because I believe that you can turn it around. And I believe today that there are some things in your life that God wants to turn around. He wants to turn that broken marriage around. He wants to turn that broken relationship that you have with your kids around. He wants to turn that broken relationship that you have with that family member because y'all been fighting over who to vote for the last year and a half. He wants to turn your finances around. He wants to turn things around, but you got to pray for it. You got to ask God, will you bless me? My heart is right. My motives are right. God, I need you to turn this thing around. And Jabez, he's praying, God, protect me from the thing that my name is. (laughs) Protect me from who I am. Because I want more of you and less of me. He said, well, Brian, I've been praying all those things. I've been praying for blessing. I've been praying for expansion. I've been praying for finances. I've been praying for my marriage. I've been praying for a child. I've been praying for everything. And God's not answering my prayers. It's tough, ain't it? In two weeks, we're going to talk about that. What do we do when God doesn't answer our prayers? Why doesn't God answer our prayers? We're going to dive into all of that. It's the most, the most dead-centered part of my life right now. God, I've been praying some prayers for a long time. And I feel like you're not answering them. And we're going to talk about that. But in the meantime, you go to the throne of your Father boldly and confidently and you keep asking and you keep pursuing and you keep seeking you say God I want you to bless me God I want you to expand my territory God I want your presence in my life because I believe that oftentimes when we ask for God's presence he will begin to shift and change the things that you've been praying for and then you can begin to pray for God's will because the presence in his life is revealing it to you and then God I'm praying for protection Protect my family, my kids, my life, my wife, my my everything. God, protect it. Keep me safe from trouble and pain. I could could even add one. And if he doesn't, pray that he would teach you, help you, and keep you through it. But we can see right here Jabez, his prayer. He sends it up. He prays it. It's the plea and the cry of his heart. And it says, God granted his request. God wants to answer your prayers. He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. He wants to expand your territory. He wants to be present in your life. And He wants to protect you. And so many people have this perspective of God as this Father who's up in heaven who just can't wait to say no to a question. As a father, you know how joyful and rewarding and the feeling that I get when my kids ask me a question and I'm able to say yes. Dad, can we go here? Yes, we can. Dad, can we do that? Yes, we can. 
and I can say yes. And it feels so good to be able to give and provide to my kids. Imagine how much more our Heavenly Father feels when we come before Him and we throw our requests and we ask Him for things. Yes, son. Yes, daughter. Thank you for coming to me so faithfully and boldly and confidently. Your prayer life is honoring to me. How's your prayer life, church? Let's be known for praying to God in every season of life. Let's be known for our prayers to be honorable before God. Let's not be afraid. Let's not be skittish. Let's not think that this prayer is too big or too small. We serve a God who can take all of that. How is your prayer life? Father, I pray right now. I pray that you would help us. Help us in our prayer life. God, help us desire you more. Help us to want you more. Help us to have a hunger and a desire and a, and a, and a zeal for more of who you are. And God, the more we pray, the more we talk to you, the more we get to know you. And the more we get to know you is the more that we get to love you. And the more that we get to love you is the more that we want to serve you. And the more that we get to serve you, the more that we get to experience who you are. And so God, I pray that you would help us in our prayer life. God, help us to pray for blessing. God, bless us. We know that you are the giver of all things. Bless us. God, expand our territory. Give us more land. Give us more buildings. Give us more people. Give us more opportunities. Expand it, God. And God, not without the lack of your presence. God, we pray for your presence in our lives. We pray that you would lead us and guide us. And God, we pray that you would protect us and keep us. Father, we are so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful that you love to hear us. You love to hear our voice. You love to talk to us. You love to have a conversation with us. But you also love for us to listen. So God, I pray that we would pray like Jabez and that our prayers would honor you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, church, I love you.